0: Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of 5-Minute Major Radio. Dave here along with uh, recurring p- partner, broadcast partner in crime and fill-in co-host this week, uh, Matt Hoagie Hoagland. And this week joined by a new guest who is not a stranger to Hoagie or myself, Benjamin Weaver, all-star of Dump and Change, Men's League <laughs> Ice Hockey at Fox County Winter Sport. Thanks uh, welcome me the on. pod. Thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks, boys. I appreciate it.
0: Yep. What's going
2: on, guys? I'm excited to have something to talk about.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is Hoagies and I's first podcast together officially as affiliates now, now that 5-Minute Major and Bod Street are have combined forces to have flyer social media domination. So. Yep. There was uh, some drama in that world today, but we're not gonna touch that. <laughs> Let's definitely not touch on that. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, if you know. You know. You know. <laughs> uh, but uh boys, we've got some interesting things to touch on, some not great news in regards uh to the Philadelphia Flyers. COVID nineteen is still lingering on. Um but you know, right at with that, we're almost essentially the month poll of the of the twenty twenty one season. So um it's kind of some I guess up front we can cover this first just because it's involves breaking news. Um literally right until we started recording this evening, um the Flyers games this week had been postponed due to Quadgerux and Justin Braun being added into COVID protocol. So that's included already the Capitals game that was supposed to take place yesterday. And then the two games against the Devils, Thursday and Saturday, while breaking right as we started logging into Skype from Jordan Hall NBC Sports, um, the Flyers game against the Washington Capitals slated for this Sunday night, Valentine's Day um, at 6 p.m. has also now been postponed, probably making a lot of significant others and wives, fiancés, etc. happy. Um, but for all dinner. the hockey lovers in the world, <laughs> it's still not good news. Um, so pretty dude, much, I, I have dude, I just a, want to cut you off real quick. It's against the Rangers, not the Capitals. The on Rangers, Sunday. not the Capitals. See, because Capitals got canceled last night. The Correct. Rangers game on Sunday has been postponed. Um, as of right now, no makeups have been announced by the league. I have a statement out from NHL.com. This, of course, is now outdated because this was announcing the postponement <laughs> of the games this week, not including Sunday. Um, So who knows where this is going as of right now, the NHL has postponed 32 games so far during this. They're calling the 2020 2021 season. Um, So we'll see where this leads and where this goes. It's setting up where right now the Arizona coyotes and St. Louis blues will be playing in total seven games in a row against each other.
1: Um, Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) So it's, they, they probably hate each other right now. Um, but for the Flyers, it just really stinks and um, makes me really hate the New Jersey Devils even more because I'm not going to assume fire. that our beloved Flyers were out breaking COVID protocol <laughs> when I'll just blame it on New Jersey because what else do Philadelphians do? It's all New Jersey's fault. Um, and they, New Jersey is essentially spread COVID throughout the division now, and it's a severe problem. Um, but you just hope everyone stays safe and healthy because Claude Giroux has a young son and Justin Braun has young kids. So hopefully, hopefully they don't have COVID. It's just a tracing thing and they're just trying to lock everything down and contain the spread because boys, like we were talking beforehand, the league's only got so much time where they can have games go this season because they want to get next year started in October, November. So who knows what's going to happen? Hopefully the Flyers are back sooner than later. Um, fingers crossed. You know, their next game now is set um, for essentially a week from now on the 18th at home against the Rangers before they travel to Lake Tahoe to take on the Bruins on the 21st. So fingers crossed, boys, that we can get there. But uh, gents, what are your thoughts on this matter?
1: go ahead ahead. no go ahead Ben you're new (laughs) yeah it was something I guess that came Sunday we kind of saw coming it was stuff that was talked about already especially with the way this week was already looking Uh, it makes you think though we were talking about a little before you wonder if maybe the NHL has anything planned to kind of spread put the spread uh to a halt but uh between the budget and the uh, the logistics of trying to start next year, you wonder what they're going to be able to do to kind of stop this.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I um, after seeing a tweet from the Islanders and Rangers that they're going to start allowing fans in the stands, I think is kind of a <laughs> kind of kind of dumb because they we're Oof. not able we're not even able to control the spread in the locker room. So why bring? Outsiders into the rink, where you never know what could happen.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: I mean, I, I feel like
0: all about that money.
2: It's all about the money. Yeah, yeah I understand, but still, like charity. If you can't control it in the locker room, you're not going to control what's coming <laughs> into the rink from outside the league. So, Precisely. I feel like that. I feel like you got to stop that and control what's control what's controllable right now, and keeping fans out of the stands and keeping. Players safe and faculty safe is what they should be doing and what should be at the the
0: front of their minds right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's it's really funny too. I did see some backlash on social media about this. Is some idiot fans saying, "Oh well, the NFL and the MLB and MLS were able to run their seasons no problem. Why is the NHL having problems?" Well, um, I don't know if those fans know anything about soccer, baseball, or football but they're played outside.
1: They got nature. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They, like they have, they have the air. They yeah. got that has, nature. The virus has somewhere yeah. else to go if someone's potentially contaminated. Yeah, you know, the it's league not was, like the, it's, it's not got, like the NHL where you're playing against the ice and you're, I mean, granted, you know, football and baseball do have their moments of contact, especially football, Um, but there's just, there's room for everything to dissipate. It's not a hockey rink where you're playing in a cold environment where the air particles last longer, so it has more of a chance to linger. Yep. So, it's yeah, the, some people. The league is doing
1: that sense. one thing where they're taking the glass out from behind the boards, and behind the
2: bench. Yeah, yeah,
1: behind the bench. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, I they're trying, but there's only so much you can do, I guess.
0: Yeah, and yeah. and the big problem too is <laughs> that the NHL knows a bubble can work, but the players aren't going to do that again. So, so there has not, to be a for way. A
2: season. Not, yeah. yeah, there no.
0: has There's to be not. a way to figure this out. So now, boys, like we were also discussing yeah. beforehand, um, listening to other sources um, of Steph Driver and Charlie O'Connor from The Athletic and Broad Street Hockey, respectively, they suggested maybe the league in the U.S. needs to do a two-week shutdown because Canada, the North Division, is fine. The Canadians, yeah. they're having no problem, eh? It's <laughs> us Americans that are screwing everything up again for them. So is a two-week pause plausible in the NHL and in the, in the United States? I personally don't think it is just because I know how the owner, owners of these teams work. And the, the NHL, like Ben, you touched on logistics and money. The league's already losing money this season, so do they mm. want to go ahead and pause it might be another thing that hurts the league a little bit right now, but if it means that you can play the rest of this season, no problems. I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, if you wait two weeks, so you could end up with you know some European-looking jerseys with ads all over them. <laughs> oh, two huh? weeks, you don't know what the you don't know what the the league will do with ads then. <laughs> Trying to make up that money. It's yeah, bad enough right. they're already
0: digitalizing ads and placing yeah. them on the ice and around yeah. the boards, but yeah,
2: I. I don't know. I, I feel like a two week shutdown might might help us in the long run, but yeah, are we gonna put more of an asterisk on the season that we already have by doing two more weeks? Like, are we gonna cut some games? What what are we gonna do going in to the postseason and what have you? That's it's it's, it's a tough call.
0: That is an excellent segue there, Hoagie. Thank, thank you for that. I'm going <laughs> to tee it. Thank you for that assist. Um, because based off of what I have saw from Pierre LeBron and a couple other TSN, um, you know, writers, is that the NHL is considering doing wins percentage. So essentially, they would end the season when it's supposed to end, 56 games out the window. Well, how many games you played is how many games you played, and it goes by winning percentage. So right now, you know, if you look at the standings right now. Um, the teams that would get in, in each division in the North would be Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton, and Winnipeg in the, in the central Tampa Bay, Florida, Chicago, and Columbus in the East, Boston, the Flyers, Washington, the Islanders, and then out West Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado, and Arizona. So, I mean, right there, you've got some, there's some surprising teams in there. Yeah. Um, and then there's some teams in there that you're saying they're where I thought they would be. Um, I mean, we're still early, like I said, we're only a month into the season, but if it gets to that point, it's kind of what they did last year, was they based things off a of wins percentage of where you ended up and where you went on and started the season in the playoffs. So, we'll see what happens, but I really think if the NHL's not going to pause, if they're just going to shut down teams on an individual basis, it's going to get to that point where when it gets to the season ending in May... um. Whether that's, you know, the playoffs are supposed to start on May 11th, so whether or not it's a May 10th or a May 9th or a May 8th shutoff date, they say, you know what, shuts down, let's look at the standings, top four by win percentage, there you go, there's your postseason teams, so we'll see what happens, but um, are you guys opposed to win percentage rules at all, or do you think that's kind of, you know, as fair as she goes? Uh
2: it's it's luck of the draw depends on how you play that's all that's all I say hopefully the the Flyers can pick up their play and and get some more game, win some more games and uh keep on rolling that's all that's all I think after
1: last year most fans kind of have to be prepared maybe for you know either some asterisk or some change it's we all know that this season is not the same that it's supposed to be and it's likely it's not going to end the way we're expecting either yeah Yeah,
0: to touch on asterisks, you know, I mentioned this last when we were doing the playoffs. I don't think this season or last season, the Stanley Cup champion deserves an asterisk. If anything, no. it's harder because you are playing a professional sport inside in cold environments where this virus thrives and you're winning a Stanley Cup. If anything, especially the, the bubble championship, that might be harder because you're yeah. doing it away from your family and your support system. And this year now you're playing a pro sport where. We all know hockey players. We're creatures of habit. We like being with the boys. You know, it's yeah. just not hanging out in the rink. You go, you go out together. You go to restaurants. You go to the bar. Yeah. You, you cause a lot of ruckus. You have a good old time. You you're show up even to the rink beforehand
2: together. Yeah.
0: So yep. like you like to be a free agent this season must be very hard, just because yeah. you're not really getting a chance to know your team unless you, when you're at the rink for either practice or at. You know the rank all those inc- it includes families you know yeah. a lot of players will use their wives and their kids as a reason to get together and meet their new teammates you can't do that this season so um, you know I haven't seen too much talk of this being another asterisk year yet on Twitter but I'm sure when we, when we get to the postseason those clowns will show up um, <laughs> but with I, that I think depending on how many how many more
2: games get postponed mm-hmm. that'll it'll really start showing up. I, yeah. I don't think the po- the postseason will be the postseason and it'll show up then. But depending on how many more games keep getting postponed and if they just don't play them, that's when that actually comes in. And I'm sure people will start saying it soon. I hate to yeah. say it myself. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But um, with that, that covers our COVID scheduled part of the of the podcast this evening.
1: <laughs> uh, early, we, can, but...
0: <laughs> we can now focus. We try to try and get the bad stuff out of the way early. Exactly. Bloom. Um, but with that, we do have a couple games to talk about gents. Um of course being last Friday night's collapse against the Boston Bruins, and then the uh touchdown scoring game from Sunday against the Washington Capitals. Um overall on uh but one of you guys hit the wheel here. What are your thoughts on the games we saw this weekend?
2: Uh I I'll, I'll speak briefly on the Bruins. I was at the bar up here in Massachusetts trying to watch the game that literally every TV had a game on. It was it was crazy. I was I didn't know which TV to watch. But um I was excited when we got that first first goal by JVR and then just I just watched the Bruins just take over and I was so, yeah. I was like I was like come on. Like why can't we just finish the game? Like we have the lead just just finish it. Just I don't know. I, that the first Bruins line. Number. Yeah, yeah, the perfection line. It, it's yeah. the perfection line, man. It They have our number this year, and it sucks because since I've moved to Massachusetts, we had their number, and this year it's, it's not the case. And I hate Would it. Would you have been
1: there? <laughs> Would you have been at that game, you think?
2: Oh, absolutely. One of these?
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, absolutely. If I, if I was allowed in the stance, I'd absolutely be in there. Yeah. So, uh, Ben, what do you think about th- about that Bruins game?
1: Yeah, that Bruin w- Bruins one was tough. Like you said, it's, it's that perfection line that we can't really shut down, and especially when you're, you know, you got guys going in and out of the lineup. It's just going to be tough to, I guess, nail them down, and then Pasternak's back too. You know, they're just hot right now. It's yeah. a long season, but, you know, we'll get to know them. Hopefully we learn for the next one.
2: Yeah, and I mean past is just picking up where he left off last He's season. He's so good, just, dude. It it's what four so games good. and he already has what five or six goals or something like that. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's unbelievable.
0: So Dave I mean, We got fo- we got four more cracks at the Bruins. So, um oh, they're wow. really the they're really the only team the Flyers have looked absolutely like bad against. Yeah. And here's here's part of the problem is that they haven't looked bad for an entire they've only really looked bad for two entire games against the Bruins. You know, um, the six the, one and they're collapse. the first two the six one collapse and the collapse where they lost in a shootout. The yep. games they played last week against the Bruins on Wednesday and Friday, you know, were back and forth pretty decent hockey games. And you think if you have Sean Couturier in last week's games, maybe they're different results because you know, segwaying into Sunday's game, Kootz returns to the lineup along with Phil Myers, who take out Travis Sanheim due to COVID. Um, but, you know, Kootz comes back, gets a goal. Scotty, Scotty Lawton gets a hat trick. Um, that's my boy. Really the only line that showed up for the Capitals was Ovechkin's line with him and Backstrom doing all their work. Um, but that's the one thing. The Flyers still, I think, are a better team than the Capitals just because their depth. You know, a night where the, a day... An afternoon game where the star players kind of needed a break, like Giroux and Voracek and JVR. You had Lawton step up, and you had Coots step up late in in their return to the lineup there. Um, So you had some depth scoring come up big, which was a problem. Where Matt Mastro and I touched on it in last week's podcast, where you're kind of seeing the adverse of the playoffs so far this season. Whereas in the playoffs last year, depth scorers showed up, stars were silent, And then this year, the Stars were loud and going away, and the depth scoring was kind of quiet. And then Sunday's game, you kind of saw a revert back to, this is pretty much almost a full-team effort where you had the Stars have a solid game but didn't really get on the scoreboard except for Coots. And then you had that Lawton-JVR-Farabee line, which has been awesome sauce since, you know, Lawton really stepped up big. And Farabee had three assists. He assisted all on, on Lawton's goals. So, um well, it was a back and forth game and the Capitals did go up 2 0 early, I was, I, it, it had the readings of a complete blowout.
1: Meltdown. Yep. And, the yeah. Flyers, and the
0: Flyers decided to say, you know what, we're not going to allow this. And they came back and they made it a game. And then they outplayed the Capitals for the majority of that game and they won. Yep. The better team won that day. Yep. Um, well, they still have things to work on. I'm glad Coots is back because he is just the missing element to this team that just, when, when you take him out of the lineup, it is a glaring hole. You really—he you know, is a franchise first-line defensive center. He's a silky trophy-winning centerman. So when you yep. take that out of your lineup, that's a big loss. But yeah. they got the win. Ovi and Ovi, Ovi's gonna Ovi, and Baxter's gonna <laughs> Backstrom. So you can't really complain too much there. Um, and they just got the dub, and that's the day. That's all that matters. Yep. So yeah. kind of a different game too, because with that game, the news had been breaking out about COVID starting beforehand. And they all had to get to the rink super early for rapid testing because they had no idea if they were going to play that game Sunday afternoon. So that can probably affect your lineup, too, and how you play. So yeah. at the end of the day, they got a result, and they went into this extended break with the win. So, um, Ben, what, what were your thoughts on the uh, Capitals game on Sunday?
1: I thought it was a nice win. It's nice to see that, you know, those... Those lower line guys like Lawton get the yeah, you know get that hattie. But I guess I had a little bit of a different perspective on it. The Flyers went 0 for four on the power play. The only penalty kill we had, we let the cap score, and the shots was 23 to 37. That shot differential for us is not something. I don't know if that's a sustainable thing to to keep going with such a, a low differential. And like that's I said, been
0: a problem all season.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's been something that's, I think we're I think we're either 28th or 27th. I, I'm not sure exactly. But like I said, it's nice to see Lawton get the hat trick. Farabee, like you said, had three assists. And these are guys that, you know, are really stepping up to play their role. Hag even got a goal. But that's not something I'm sure we can rely on every time. We were talking about how we thought, you know, uh, the postponed game against the Caps would have gone uh, you can't put Lawton and Hag goals up against that first line every <laughs> night. So, it, it it was a nice win, but it's it something maybe to to look a little closer at sometimes. For from my perspective, I guess. What would you think, Matt?
2: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, Ben. But uh, I just, I kind of want to touch on Couturier because
1: yeah.
2: he was playing fourth line minutes at the start of the game.
1: You mm-hmm. didn't
2: you didn't really see him until the third period where he started playing the power play a little bit more and started started really kind of getting back into the concierge groove. I, um, the first period you noticed him, he, he played along those sideboards and kept the puck in and it gave us a, a, a chance on net. And it was like, all right, that's kind of what we were missing all game, like yeah. that constant pressure in the offensive zone and that forward check. Um, I I I kind of liked Av's thought process with kind of keeping him with limited minutes
0: on his first Mm -hmm. game
2: back after, the after the first game, second game where he left. Um, but I think he
0: essentially only played one full hockey game before getting out with that injury.
2: Yeah, he played like forty-five seconds in the in the second game. So I I like that theory of Av kind of just limiting his minutes. Av knew he had that number fourteen on the bench. That all right, if I need you, you're going, and. -hmm. Obviously, that that helped because that third period, he goes out there and scores that go-ahead goal, and it was just like was huge. There's that coots that we all know and love, and we need. Um, obviously, seeing that depth scoring from Lawton, that Law, that just that Lawton Fairby JVR line was just they, they were just on fire. And I mean, yeah, JVR in, a, His snipe. in himself, <laughs> yeah, he, he had a beautiful snipe, but. JVR has just been had having a completely different season that we've that we're used to on the yeah. second half of this Flyers run with JVR, and he's really kind of kind of creating an argument on whether or not we protect him or let him mm-hmm. let him be exposed yeah. for this new expansion draft in the summer. And I'm I'm kind of excited for him. It's nice to see if it, uh, the JVR finally like prove that he is one of the top goal scorers on this team. So I, I like the depth scoring. It was good. Gotta gotta love seeing uh Iron Man Bobby Hag get on the scoreboard with a clap on. So
0: Yeah, it was funny when uh I went to go tweet holy shit hag on, <laughs> on Twitter, but autocorrect changed it to holy shot hag, and I'm like, Oh, it still yeah, works. That works. Yeah, uh, perfect. It. perfect. Perfect. But, <laughs> boys, there is some talk though. I I did see this rumbling today about that expansion draft, because Seattle is coming in. Of course, Vegas is exempt, boo. Um, but there's been some talk today about JVR or Voracek. Who do you protect? Who do you not protect? And if you go back a couple weeks ago, even maybe two weeks ago at this point, everyone's saying you protect Voracek, you let JVR go. Everyone was calling my on Flyer Twitter, future Seattle Kraken James Van Riemsyke. <laughs> well, now you're seeing a bit of more and more of a, a pause about a, a wait happening. Because, you know, Voracek, he has been putting up the assists. He does make some more money. You know, he makes about eight and a half mil for three years. Uh, Three years longer after this season. JVR makes about a million and a half less. He's around seven. And same, similar time and term. But as of right now, um, based on performance, I think you lean towards keeping JVR. And 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 you leave Voracek unprotected. No. Uh, the way
2: the way he's been playing, yes, but I mean, we still have 3 quarters of a season Precisely. to go. So it's it's tough to tell. It and all that's, it all depends on how that that last 3 quarters
0: go. That's yeah. the hesitant thing. While JVR is off to the, like the best start of his career ever. Um he is a goal scorer, a goal scorer, and we know how streaky JVR can get. When he yep. is hot, he's The hottest thing since sliced bread, and when he is cold, he is, is, you know, he is knocked unconscious out in a deep freezer in someone's (laughs) garage, cold. So, um, but that kind of does bring me to this next point too, boys, is right now, you know, like I said, we're at the month kind of pull of the season. The Flyers, you know, are sitting pretty. Um, They currently are tied for first, like I mentioned, with the Boston Bruins in this division um, with an 8-3-2 record. You take out the Boston Bruins games, this team is eight, oh, and one against the rest of the division that they played against. So knowing the fact that they're oh two and two against the Bruins and eight oh and eight oh and one against everyone else with that eight, three, and two record, where do you guys think you know, as as of right now, are the Flyers strengths and what's something that they, they need to work on going forward?
1: Go ahead, Ben. I think we're still missing a little bit of that scoring touch. JVR's been there, which has been huge for us. We saw the hat trick from Farabee. Uh, I think those young guys are starting to step up a little bit. I think someone that's been a little bit too invisible these days has been uh, Konechny. I think that's someone that we should really be able to rely on. Um, And when we have a full, healthy defense, uh, I think that's something that we don't really have to be too concerned about. And Hart maybe, you know, Hart's been having some struggles here and there. Uh, but I say when we have a healthy, mentally healthy, physically heart, I, I'd say we're good there too. Yes,
2: yeah, I'd have to agree with you, Ben. I think uh, I think our strengths are, like, strengths are definitely the depth on the offensive side of the puck. We don't have to f- depend on number one and number two lines putting in pucks every night. We can have that third and fourth line kind of chipping in and, and getting crazy weird goals. Yeah. Um, Defense is just, it's just brutal sometimes to watch. Uh, just the just the breakout and the and getting pucks out of the zone has just been terrible to watch. It's just I, I, we've got we probably have the most turnovers and giveaways in the league at this point because it's just like every night they the the wingers and the centermen are already at center ice and the defense turn around they've got nothing to, <laughs> nothing to go to. Um, I, I'm just getting tired of that. I, I think we really need to kind of work on a on a consistent consistent breakout to get these boys going. Uh, goaltending, I mean, Brian Elliott has been hot. I mean, yeah. what, he's what three and one now. He lost to the Bruins last Friday, I think. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he was supposed to start last night against the Bru- uh against the Capitals. Excuse me. Uh, Hart kind of just. Kind of concerning, but, I mean, yeah. he's young. He, he's, what, 22? You, you kind of expect it. It's his second full season. Let him work out the Kings. There's a reason why we have Brian Elliott. He's a veteran leader. He's going to help develop Hart into that number one goal goaltender of the future. And
0: so. I, I, I think the big thing that's a hurting Hart's play right now is that shot differential. You know, he's oh, facing yeah. he's facing yeah. upwards up to thirty plus shots every night. Eventually that's gonna tire out your damn goalie. Oh, um, yeah. comparing the two right now, Carter Hart is nine five and two with a three point four nine goals against average and an eight ninety seven save percentage, which is not Carter Hart esque
1: numbers. Oh, pretty. So no.
0: the team needs to figure figure out, that's what I said figure it out, uh, their yeah. goal their shot differential because it's not sustainable where they're going right now. Yeah. Now, Brian Elliott, he's done his job when he's coming. He's four, three, and one, two, nineteen goals against average in a nine twenty nine save percentage. Yeah, if you can just get Hart's numbers to where you, where we know they can be, you're you're fine. You're like, solid,
2: Absolutely. And I definitely,
0: I definitely think Hart's play well. He has let in one or two bad goals overall. When when the teams lost where he's been in net, it wasn't Carter's fault. Um. It's it's not we don't have the, we don't have the problem yeah. we don't have the problem anymore of having Brisgolov and Bobrovsky, <laughs> where you could pin games on goaltending anymore. Like, this is weird to be a Flyer and Go, both our goalies are solid, and even though Hart's numbers don't look that great, he's really not the problem. Um, you know, you guys kind of you, the strengths is that offensive depth. And the fact that, you know, you can count on all every single line. They might have the best fourth line and third line in hockey right now. Um, that's oh, yeah. the biggest thing that everyone's firing right away. I mean JVR, he's got eighteen points in thirteen games played. And what is I he mean, fourth fourth in the league right now? Yeah, he's, he's up, up there. He's up there. He's I up think there. He was
2: fourth yeah. last time I checked.
0: Yeah. Like, it's crazy that,
2: that's just insane to see. Joe <laughs> Faraby's
0: he's, he's under a point per game, so's four check. Hayes Giroux you know they're when you have those guys clicking like that that's really good that's what you need to be a successful team the big thing is defense and I've touched on this in previous podcasts the Flyers did not replace Matt Niskanen and you can see it on the ice now Grant Justin Braun has not been as good as he has been um last season and Eric Gustafson is really just He's Ghost 2.0. He's a slightly yes. less skilled Ghost.
2: He's just a figure better spot. He's a little, bit better. <laughs>
0: he's a little yeah. bit better on the power play as of right now just because I think he's healthy and he's had more time to get into game shape than Ghost has this year. Um, but he's not a Madness in replacement. No. And, you know, if the Flyers are truly entering win-now mode, there are teams now that are starting to get out of the postseason contention who do have excellent defensemen. That you can bring in. If you're entering wind now mode, I am ready for the Flyers to be the Flyers of You know of, of Paul Holmgren. Where you know you're giving up a top prospect, you're giving up first round picks, second round picks to bring in those key, to bring in those chemo teamians, those Chris Prongers. You know, you're you bring in those elite level players to put your team over the top. So if the flyers think they're there. I'm ready for Chucky Two Trades. they live up to to his nickname of <laughs> Chucky Two Trade and get some talent in. You know, right now, just looking on teams that I'm seeing in the league right now, um, there's no one really on Ottawa I would trade for. Um, Vancouver, if they don't get their shit together, Nate Schmidt would be a nice addition. Yeah. Um, Calgary, you know, they're only just, you know, they're not looking to trade anyone. I think they're going to be a much better team than what their record is right now. Yeah, No one on Detroit I'm trading for. Nashville <laughs> isn't giving up Ekholm or Yossi. So you can count them out. Um, you're not trading within division. The Rangers and the Sabres and the Devils aren't trading anyone to the Flyers. So they got not the young good. guys too. Um, and then you look out west, and I feel like that's where the Flyers' best partners for trades might be. Someone I pegged right now on the Anaheim Ducks who are overperforming because John Gibson has decided to become Jesus Christ superstar and net for them right now. Um, but that's Josh Manson. He is essentially a Matt Niskin replacement. He is the guy who made Kevin Bieksa retire for the Ducks. He is a, a little bit more offensively minded than Bieksa, but a good heavy physical defenseman who you can throw with Provorov or even throw, you know, if you put him with Gustafson you know, that's a decent, you know, that adding adding Manson with Gustafson, that makes it at least, you know, a workable third pairing, um because you think Myers and Sandheim are fine, and as of right now, Ghost and Provy have been excellent. Yeah. But even then, if Ghost starts to struggle off, and you want to throw Ghost back down in your lineup, you can put in Manson with Provorov, and it works. San Jose, I mean, the only people I'd really want on San Jose are Eric Carlson and Brent Burns, and... There's no way in the hell they're trading them, them away. Um, we're definitely, and, they, and we're not
2: going to take on their contracts either.
0: <laughs> they <laughs> no. make way too much money. Yeah, can't afford that. I, I look at the L.A. Kings and they don't really have anyone that you'd want. Drew Doughty is not the Drew Doughty's Doughty of age, and he makes yeah. he makes way too much money for the player he is now. And the rest of their defense are young, chip, blue line prospects they want play that they're not giving up. Um, so Arizona is an interesting team. Now, while they're winning, mainly because they've been playing the blues you know, forever and ever, Amen recently. Um, they've got, you know, Nicholas Jalmerson coming off the books next year. He's got he's making five million bucks right now for the rest of this season. He's a UFA next year. He would look pretty good in Orange and Black. Uh he is a left-hand shot though, but I mean he's a great shutdown defense and who you can plug right into this decor, no problem. And they also have Jason Demers, who, you know, would be pretty decent on this Flyers team, too. So there are options out there, potentially. Um, but Arizona right now, they're in the thick of it out west because, really, besides Vegas and Colorado, I think they're they're the only two locks to make the postseason out of this team. St. Louis, you know, they're—I wouldn't call them a lock just because I've been watching them a lot lately. And I think this that team is—they've got some problems right now. They're missing Petrangelo— deeply on that on that decor um yeah. so i don't see them getting rid of anyone but you know you think vegas st louis colorado there's your locks so arizona anaheim even even minnesota you know they they think they're all in it still and with minnesota i i would take jared spurgeon but they just gave him the c and he's locked up for seven more years at seven mil so he's not going anywhere yeah. either but Matt dumb <laughs> yeah
1: i i, I take wouldn't... him yeah i he... take
0: him I would take Dumba on the on the Flyers. He
2: was he was on the trade block right before the season started. So I, I and and Uncle Chuck he drafted Dumba. That's right. So like, right there. That's right. Uh, that's my that's my one bulls Bullies uh, plug. I did a <laughs> defenseman, uh, <laughs> the prospective defenseman that we should trade for, and I I did highlight Dumba. I mean it's it's that's a Chucky that's a Chucky. Uh, guy right there and why not yeah
0: why brings not a little, I love it.
2: B- brings a little bit of grit that we don't have on this team mm-hmm.
0: and he's got he's got a good offensive upside too for a defenseman like he he's an all around he'd be a really nice addition to the lineup ben is there anyone oh. that you think on these teams that are struggling right now that you think might be a good of course trade pending you know if the flyers can get it done is there anyone that you wish though that the flyers would target
1: I think you hit a lot of them. I think one that was looking good was uh, Justin Falk was looking good. Uh, I know he's real hot right now. I don't know uh, I don't know if they're really looking to move him. Uh, that was one name I didn't really hear thrown out. I like Spurgeon when he was uh, before he was signed. Uh, but again, they're not exactly moving their captain anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, I did like I, I like the uh, the uh, Dumba call though. I would be interested in that. That would be a fun one to watch.
0: Yeah, Yeah. so we'll see. You know, all potential targets. The trade deadline is set for coming up, I believe. If it's not the end of this month, it's early March. So things are coming up, and trades are happening, and we, we've been shown by the Alana for Dubois trade that teams are not hesitant to trade teams across the border, even with that quarantine that goes in place. So who knows? Hopefully we'll see some things shake out. Um, it would be nice to not have another boring trade deadline this season. Uh, but, boys, anything else to add about the Flyers Before we can uh, pause for an ad break? I think I'm good.
1: Then, yeah. any thoughts? Yeah. All good, boys. All right.
0: All right, well, with that, we will be right back here at 5-Minute Major Radio. Don't go anywhere. Listen to my lovely voice. Plug our sponsor, Anchor. And we are back here at 5-Minute Major Radio. Um, I hope I'm doing a good job of being a podcast host because normally Master leads this train. So I haven't done this in a while. So hopefully I'm shaking off the rust pretty well for you g- gents here. Um, but boys going around the league. There has been kind of some big news already um, in regards to some drama in Columbus already. Patrick line. was it, last night? He was benched um, in the Columbus blue jackets game by Tortorella did not play an entire shift in the third period and then of course twitter.com got up and rolling and rare and speculation was going a while then it came out that line was quote benched for making um you know offensive remarks to a Columbus Blue Jackets head coach or assistant Assistant coach coach. um I think Torts would take it right back and send him out there on the ice (laughs)
1: um
0: but boys what are your thoughts on this already happening you know it's it's we touched on this, Hogan. I think the last time you were on the podcast. Columbus already has a hard time keeping on to star players just because it's Ohio. Um, and their coach is John Tortorella, not the easiest guy to play for. Stars don't typically get along with him these days. Um, but what are your thoughts if this, if this relationship is already souring with Line A? You know, if Columbus loses him, they lose the trade straight up
2: oh yeah i i completely agree i when i s when i saw the the news the next morning I was like what <laughs> like how <laughs> how how already like he's already proven to be a good player for columbus he's got three goals and three games for him and like i mean i I just don't understand it but i mean if it's a if it's an attitude issue, I kind of get it i coached yeah. you kind of gotta nip that in the butt because if you let that get in the ha- get out of hand, you're you're kind of screwed, and you kind of let the player kind of run the team in a way. Um, I mean, I kind of like towards this decision after the fact, saying it wasn't a playing issue; it was an internal issue. I I, I was kind of surprised that he said it straight up. It wasn't playing issue; it was something internal. Let's not get into it. It's not your. It's mm-hmm. not anybody's business. It's our business. Um, and I think towards is kinda of, I'm sure towards had a sit down with Line a and said, That's not how we run run this team. Yeah. You're a player, you respect our coaches, and you do your job. Play your game and kinda of shut up and sit down.
0: Yeah. I think I'm I'm fairly positive that Line a already like apologized and they're like moving on. Yeah, he did. As
2: he should. As he should. I mean, yeah. he's a player. I mean, these guys are making millions of dollars like there's no reason to to be that way you're yeah. you're playing the sport you love shut up sit down play your game come night in night out like uh, there's no reason for for that kind of stuff i'm i'm glad towards did what he did kind of he he made an example of line a right from the start i mean towards is already towards like you know how he's on a coach but for a newcomer to come in that way and Torts going, uh uh-uh, uh, no, 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 no. This is my team, you respect. I good good on torts. That's all I have yeah. to say.
1: And look at the other half of that trade too. You had Rozovic coming in, and he's already had seven points in seven games under torts. So sometimes you wonder it's how these new guys come in, how they accept torts. Uh, every player has had different reactions from him. We've heard the Sedin twins have, you know, attributed their defensive success to the way that That uh, that he kind of coached them and how he kind of brought them up. Everybody has their opinions on Torts, but sometimes uh, I guess it it might take a little bit of a adjustment period to learn to how he you know runs the bench, how he likes his team to to react and listen and whatnot.
0: Yeah, the big thing, the big thing that I just have against Torts is because he is used to coaching stars. You know, he did coach the New York Rangers. He did coach Vanilla Cavalier and Martin St. Louis to the with the Tampa Bay Lightning to a championship back in 04. All of us Flyers fans do remember that, of course.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I just think Torts' biggest failure is he hasn't adjusted to today's player and today's athlete. And I think that causes him some problems. Um yeah. so we'll see where it goes. You know, he I mean the dude, he's probably hockey hall of fame bound with what he's done for USA hockey and he's won a Stanley Cup. Um questionable at times but always wears his heart on his sleeve you know where he's gonna stand and he's a great soundbite he provides great entertainment like he gets yeah you just never know clicks. what he's gonna say yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, it's like what is torts gonna do now um so it's fantastic there you know droslavik's been a great find for columbus i feel like that was a great addition to get in that deal because he is actually from, yeah. he's he's from columbus so yeah. columbus now gets a player that, that says hey guys he's from here. Like we have a homegrown talent now and he was a Jets top prospect. So if he can really, he could be the saving grace in the, in the trade. Of course, Pierre-Luc Dubois played his first game last night uh, for the Winnipeg Jets and a loss to the Calgary flames. He looked okay. Um, you know, having to quarantine really a little bit longer going to Canada than lining yeah. going back down to the U S is a little bit different. So you can tell he's he's lost kind of maybe something there, but overall, you know, he wasn't hot-dogging it like he was in his last game in Columbus. Like, he was skating pretty much A to B, full speed, getting on the forecheck, playing good effort. I thought he had a decent game, um, but we'll see where it goes. Segwaying now to some more drama uh, back into Flyers' land is a certain uh, Flyer great has <laughs> has betrayed... Betrayed oh, this blast. fan base. Betrayed this team. Like I tweeted yesterday, he is now an enemy of the Republic. Do what must be done, Lord Vader. Um, Ron Hexall is now the new general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And Brian Burke has been named his president of hockey operations. Uh, Hexall will answer to Burke, and then Burke will answer to the president. to the president. Not the president. He's not answering to Biden. He's answering wow. to the CEO and the owner. He's answering to Mario and Penguins ownership, um, which I find kind of funny because one of the big things about Hexlaw when he was dealing with the Flyers is he he kept to his circle. You know, he did he did not like talking to ownership at all. So now the Penguins said, you know what? You can focus on hockey. You tell Berkey, and Berkey will will, will relay the message. Um, it's gonna be interesting, boys. You know. While well, I kind of do feel a little bit betrayed, you know, the man's got to work. You know, with Hexals, you know, he's he's never won a cup. He's trying to do that with the Penguins. It sucks, yes, but for me, it's just like, that's that's our goalie. He's in our ring of honor. He is orange and black, and now he's going and sign with an arch rival, and it's just like, you could have been the GM of anybody else, but he had to go there. <laughs> um, what's going to be real interesting for me is is Hexy's problems as a GM with the Flyers is, well, he drafted pretty well. There were a couple of rough spots, you know, in in Jay O'Brien and German Rupstoff You know, he did get Carter Hart and Nolan Patrick and Travis Konechny and Ivan Provorov, you know, the, the core of this team now, uh, the young core. Um, his biggest problem was pulling the trigger on making changes that needed to be made. And evaluating NHL talent. That's what got him fired. He refused to fire Dave Haxtall. He sent a spy into the locker room where the players hated him. Refused to talk to ownership and management. And he just thought that... And he even communicated to the fan base in the media that, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Players like Dale Weiss and Yori Letera and Andrew Andrew Mm -hmm. McDonald, they're good. And we're going... Are you watching the same thing we're watching? Because they're not. And the fact that you had a GM come out and literally and a coach, you know, confront fans and medians saying, Well, we think you're wrong. When you go, Well, then are you not looking at the stats? You know, Letterra had what one point in almost twenty games in one season? It's like, what are you doing? Um so Just of course chasing lines, that's all. A <laughs> you know, little, little, little snow the goalie there. Um <laughs> But Hextall kind of knew that that premise was coming, those questions were coming, because he admitted in his press conference with the Penguins, I am not a one-trick pony. So it'll be really interesting to see, because based off how he performed in Philadelphia, I do not see Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang standing for that as their GM. And those three have gotten coaches and GMs fired in Pittsburgh. They have that much power. They essentially are player owners, where Sid can call up Mario and be like, this is what's happening, fix it, or, or else. So it's going to be really interesting. Now, if the Penguins, if Hexy goes full Hexy, and he does what he did, you know, to the Flyers, the Penguins, the Flyers are going to have some really nice years against the Penguins, but in a couple years, look out. Um, yep. But boys, what are your thoughts on the Ron Hexall being announced the new GM, and Brian Burke being named president of Hockey Ops of the Penguins.
1: I think they're a little... I, I do see where you're going with, the, uh, with the, the reloading on the prospects, and I agree 100%. He didn't address any of the issues. I mean, the goalie signings were not helpful at all during his tenure, and he didn't really pick up a goal score for us. I do think the situations might be a little bit well, different. The Flyers weren't really in a full... Uh, they weren't really in a full rebuild, but they're a little bit closer to a rebuild, I would say. They really needed to, to reload a bit more. It was a stealth rebuild. Yeah, yeah, we'll call it that. I like that. Uh, the, the Penguins Hestel, still have. I
2: still didn't call it a rebuild. He called it a retool. Yeah, yeah. There's nice word. Exact, right? That's exactly yeah. what he called it, a retool. Yeah.
0: And I think that might be because of Flyers' ownership. You yeah. know, another question you guys can address is do you think, you know, if Paul Holmgren wasn't president of Hockey Ops, and if you know Comcast wasn't hell on there not being empty arena, would you have you know did do do you think that Hexal would have blown it up and traded away you know Giroux and Voracek et cetera and done things know. his way?
1: I don't know. That's a that's a big what if. I'm not too sure. Uh I do think that I don't see Hexal trading away still some of the best player in the league in Crosby. Malkin, Gensel, uh, Latang coming back. Obviously, they're in a bit of a slump. Latang's still hurt right now. Uh, I think the I think the Penguins have a little bit more that they can, you know, kind of move with. And they picked up Zucker uh, as well. So I think uh, a little bit of a different scenario. But I don't think uh, I don't know if I would have seen Hextel train away Giroux and whatnot.
0: Well, there is talk in, out in Penguins land. Part of the reason why many people think that Jim Rutherford retired or resigned is because he was trying to move Chris LaTang and Mario and penguins ownership said, no, no, you don't not today. <laughs> um, and then even going back a couple of years ago, listening to the real Kipper at noon show with Don, with, uh, Doug McLean and Nick Kiprios is there was talk apparently of two seasons seasons ago at the draft, the penguins trading Malkin to Florida for Barkov straight up. Um, so, if anything, I think Crosby—he's you know—he's going to be a Penguin for life, no yeah. matter what. Um, yeah. But I think out of the uh, uh, out of the three, he's the only safe one. I could really see Malkin and Latang ending their career somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, Hobie, can... what are your thoughts on everything?
2: I agree with you, Dave. With, with Malkin and Latang leaving eventually, I you got to be happy for Hextall. You got to work. He's a good general manager. If you well, let me let me say this. He's a good drafting general manager. He's really shaped this Flyers team into what they are now. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to plug Jordan Hall real quick. He arguably Hextall's greatest draft class was probably 2014. Un- oh, probably not greatest, but like unnoticed it was Travis Sandheim, Nick Alberg Kubel um, I think Oscar Lindblom and there is one other, uh, Mark Freeman. Three out of those four are on this current roster. And I, Hextall has an eye for seeing prospects for a future, and I think, like you said, Dave, the Penguins. If if Hextall can do that for the Penguins, the Flyers are in trouble in two to three years, and I think we're all be trouble for the Penguins with Hextall trying to. Worth his magic. Like my, my favorite meme when Hextall was uh was general Magic was you're a wizard, <laughs> you're a wizard, <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're a wizard no. Hexy.
2: Hexy, you're a wizard Hexy. It's like, <laughs> and he's good at shaving some bad contracts and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I good for Hexy. I I think it's just going be a, it. It's a good thorn in the Flyers' side that he went to the Penguins. And someone someone was quoted today. I forget which player it was. It's Hexie left on bad terms with the organization with the Flyers, and it's just going to be a big rivalry coming up with the Flyers and the and the Penguins for years on as Hexie as the general manager. It's just going to fuel the fire, and I'm kind of I'm kind of excited for it. I kind of <laughs> it's going to be interesting.
0: I'm excited for it, but it still it almost breaks my Flyers fans heart in a way because I already think of players like John LeClair. And Mark Recchi and Rick Taka in a, bit of, in a bit of a different light because they left the Flyers and went to play for the Penguins and then andor coached the Penguins and won Stanley Cups with the Penguins. When at times they're revered as Flyers greats, yet they really did the ultimate things with the Penguins organization. And to me, like, while I love, you know, LeClaire and what he did with Eric Lindros, there's a reason why Eric Lindros is still my favorite hockey player of all time. And John LeClaire is, like, on the B-list. It's because he was a Pittsburgh Penguin. Same thing with Rick Tocket. And and Mark Reckie, not only really did he play with the Penguins and win a cup with them, he won cups with the Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes. So, like, he didn't really do much for us. In fact, he was the part of the trade that brought John LeClaire to the Flyers along with Eric Desjardins. So, kind of now, you know, I'm adding Hexy in that list of Flyers greats who have kind of, in a way, you know, spat on. I'm not sure if that's the proper term to use. Um, but you're right, Ho. You touched it right on the button. You know, things did not end well with Hextall in Philadelphia at all. As general manager, he was unhappy, and ownership was very, very unhappy. And you usually don't see a GM who just gets fired hold his own press conference at the hotel across from the team's practice facility, saying, "Here's my response to everything." That yep. typically doesn't happen. You typically see the fired GM put the tail between the legs, take a couple years off and then get rehired re- two, two seasons later, you know, and that's kind of what Hextall did. He he said his piece, he made his stance. He, then he went back and worked for the LA Kings and as an advisor, and now he's back being a GM with the penguins. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. I think it might've been the spark needed to reignite this rivalry because it kind of was getting a little, a little dull because, the I mean it's never truly dull when you have Sidney Crosby um mm. and Malkin. But lately the Flyers are a better hockey team and they can easily beat the Penguins now. So this is an extra little added little little chip, little thorn in the side. So yep. um Absolutely. Ben, do you have any more thoughts? Hoagie, any more thoughts on uh
1: No like like you're saying, it's tough to see him go to the uh the yellow and black or the golden black, but man's gotta work. Absolutely, he's good at, at what he bills. Does. Yep, yeah. he's
0: good at what he does. So, yeah, and we'll see, we'll see a, what a he big, does. <laughs> a big thing that I yeah. saw too was a lot of fans attacking his draft, saying that he wasn't a good drafting general manager, and saying the picks of you know of criticizing Jay O'Brien and criticizing Nolan Patrick. Well, now when you do that, you're throwing in hindsight. Yes, Jay O'Brien was a reach, but yeah. at the time, Nolan Patrick. He was the consensus one or two overall pick.
1: Yeah, guys no one, like
0: no one knew that year. <laughs> guys yeah. like Kale McCarr and Heiskanen and Elias Peterson, you know, they were all slated to go under him. Yeah. No one thought they were going to be better than Nolan Patrick at that time. Of course, they are now, and they are probably going to end up having better seasons than Nolan Patrick. But Nolan Patrick's had a bit of an interesting start to his career. So we don't know what he is yet. We know what Kale McCarl, Peterson, and Heisken and all are. They were the players taken directly after him. Um, you know, those three players are better better than Nico Heisher too, which is who New Jersey took first overall. So it kinda is it's a little shitty that that's what happened to Hexall because the Flyers jumped from what was it, eleven or fourteen to two? So
1: Yeah I mean,
0: Gotta play the cards you dealt, but to the fans that are kind of using that as an attack on Hexie, I don't think that's really fair to do. And, you know, Patrick just came off missing a whole year with the concussions, with not not a concussion syndrome, but a migraine syndrome. So give the kids some time. You know, I think Nolan Patrick's not shot yet. I think there's still a chance where we could see Patrick be, you know, I think his ceiling now is he's probably going to be a good second line center. I That's what I realistically see. his. I don't think he's going to be an elite first line center, but I think he could be a really good second line, you know, 60 to 70-point center, who's physical.
2: Yeah, I mean, players age like fine wine. They, they all take their time in this league. Look at look at Scott Walton. He was drafted in the first I, – I, Lawton's one of my favorite flyers, but, like, just look at him. He was drafted in 2012, and look at him now, nine years later, he's a completely different player than one – when he was drafted, and you can you can count on him to produce. And Kalajdzurow, he's getting better with time. Like he, yes, he, he was really good as th- those first five six years, but like even now, he's still consistently putting up points, and you you can count on him. Like you just got you, you can't just rule him out after one or two years. Let him mm-hmm. let him develop in this league. The NHL is completely different than juniors and everything below that. You gotta, you gotta let them adapt. I, that's all I have to say about that because I'm, I'm, I, I'll get riled up on that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an interesting case because you know the he, when he was drafted, literally he was said he's Mike, he's the next Flyers Mike Richards. Yeah. So he instantly got that stamp on him, like gotcha, yeah. Mike Richards 2.0, cool. Um, and then he had some great years offensively in juniors, captain Canada, the World Juniors. Really unrealistic, unrealistic expectations. Almost made the Flyers his rookie year, got sent back to juniors, and then the you know Hextall comes in and he says, "Listen, Scotty, I know you've already played with the flyers but we're going to sit you down to the Phantoms, and you're going to learn to be a third fourth liner, and you're getting no time on the power play whatsoever. You're going to play third, fourth line minutes, and you're going to kill penalties. And that's all you're going to do. So he, he had to do he had to learn a 180, a completely different game. And now you see him now where he's taken to that and he, he's 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 you know he's fully grown to that role, but now you see that he's adding that skill back into his into his game, and he's probably the best fourth line center in the league, if you ask me. And yeah. he's in a pinch can be a great third line center. You know, he the fact that you've got this team Couturier, Hayes, Patrick, and Lawn, as your, th- as your four Cs, that's, that's perfection, if you ask me. It's yeah. real. That rivals center depth in the league. So. Oh, absolutely.
1: We talked about protection. Would you ever consider protecting him?
0: Oh, I think you have to protect Scott Lawn. I think, think he, so. he is a free agent after this season. Uh, you definitely need to re-sign him and protect him. I think Scott Lawn, he is a crucial, crucial piece of this team going forward.
1: They'd probably have to expose Patrick or Lindblom then. What do you think? Well, I think... (laughs) Out of the four left, out of keeping Hayes and G, because they have no moves, Katurier, Konechny, I guess Voracek or JVR, but then that's Lawton, Lindblom, Patrick, and the vice versa, JVR, Voracek.
0: Lindblom and Patrick might be exempt because the game's played. Huh. Maybe.
1: Okay. I thought I'm they not were sure on that though. I could be wrong too. But I mean,
0: that is that is a of meatball. I wouldn't yeah. let go of any of those guys. I mean, yeah. ideally, yeah. you you ideally, I think you go with the young core, and yeah. you protect them, and you leave JVR and Voracek I, exposed. Okay. okay. Um. This personally, that should be like I love what JVR has done, and I love what Voracek's been doing this season. He's almost returned to form. Um. But youth youth is the way the league is going. Yeah. And, you know, Voracek and JVR are both in their young 30s now. So they're not mm-hmm. getting any younger. They're only going to get older. And they're definitely not in their primes. Even though they might be playing like they're in their primes right now, they're not in their primes anymore. And who knows what's going to happen. Because eventually players go off a cliff in the NHL. Yep. And who knows when that cliff's going to hit for JVR or for Voracek. And I feel like <laughs> for both of those players, that
1: could be a very
0: bad cliff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see what they do.
2: So another plug for Street is I wrote a keeper series on Scott Lawton. So yeah. check check that one out. <laughs> I, uh, I think you keep him. I think you resign him and keep him. All right. He's on a one-to-payday. The way he's played last season and leading up to this season and even including the playoffs last year, he was arguably one of the best players in the playoffs for the Flyers. I think he, he's on a one-to-payday. I think you pay him. A little bit of a raise and you just let him. you let him be Scott Long. You let him be burger face and let him do what he does.
0: I think the most that I'd be comfortable paying Scott Long would be three and a half million max. I'm yeah. not paying him four million plus to be a no. third line center. I so, agree. One if you one, can or give two him, years. one or two years. I'd even give him three or four. I'd do <laughs> I'd do three I'd do three I would do three and a half at four for Scott Law. Wow. I'd be like that's that's a payday yeah no absolutely if, if, if he can if he can stay at this same level of play that's a very valuable contract and that's a movable yeah. contract and if and if and if shit goes south that's a movable contract too yeah yep oh yeah so. all right boys well any more thoughts on hextall scott lawton we kind of went off the rails there a little bit but it worked out <laughs> in the end hey no it really um, did but kind of to end things here, uh, due to the NHL's fantastic scheduling and, of course, COVID postponements, there's only two games going on right now this evening in the NHL. You've got the Boston Bruins and the New York Rangers tied at one apiece. Third period's about three minutes into that one. And then you've got the battle for top seed in the north up in Canada between Toronto and Montreal. Um, Montreal is up one nothing with about... Eight minutes to go in the second period there. So, um, some pretty good games going on. I kind of wish there was a late game on this evening, but there isn't. So, we get what we get. Jets kind of end the night. What are your thoughts on the remaining teams that are playing right
1: now? I want to see what happens with the Rangers, D. Uh, not just because of the controversy surrounding uh, D'Angelo and whatnot, but I want to see these young guys really step up. Like Keandre Miller, I'd like to see what he does. I know Fox is getting put on that first power play line. Uh, so with the Rangers playing, you know, I, I'd like to see what comes of them.
2: Rangers have not been on my radar at all this season. There's just been kind of a, a sleeper for me, which I don't know. I, I expected them to be. Um but no, I kind of agree with Ben that whole def- defense controversy with D'Angelo and all that good stuff, and, and it's weird not seeing King Hank uh, in between the pipes for the for the Rangers. So mm-hmm. it's I'd like to see the Rangers uh, edge this one out against the Bruins because you know yeah, it's just a loss for the Bruins, and that means we're tied with the Bruins still going. <laughs> without, yeah, I mean, we hate more? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, let's go Rangers for, for
0: right now. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And then uh, you know, what are your guys' thoughts on Toronto and Montreal? Both te- Toronto is kind of playing at the level that we expected them to play at yeah. in the past couple of seasons, and Montreal really, surprise. Um, I think, is, is a surprise for a lot of people. Um, yeah. They had the bring in Jake Allen to give Carey Pross- Price, not Pross, Jesus, Carey <laughs> Price, crucial nights off. And that those are the additions of Edmondson on D and bringing yep. in Tyler Tofoli and that Josh Anderson mm-hmm. signing for Max Domi, woof! That's fantastic.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> just Montreal just Nick Suzuki's and been Suzuki, great. Yeah. Suzuki. Um, yes. Yeah, and has been playing good, so Montreal yeah. kind of surprising a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Suzuki, I like to see if Tofoli can keep that up. He's been yeah. an, insane, but that's uh that's quite a a rate he's scoring at i'd like to see uh yeah right yeah. yeah i'd like to see how that turns for him i think he'll stay uh, i think he'll stay an important piece of that team uh i don't know if the same rate but i definitely think he'll stick stick with them for the rest of the year doing well
0: yeah, and toronto's big addition too was was simmer was wayne train before he broke his wrist he's on he's now out for six weeks uh, before that, you know, Simmer really he kind of looks like the Simmer from old when he was done in Orange and Black. Yeah. Yeah, scoring goals and throwing knuckles. That's what yeah. he does best. <laughs> yeah, that fight against Ben was he just gave him the business, and I'm like, Yeah, man, I missed that man at, in orange and black at, very badly. We, need, we needed that this year. Yeah. You know, that, that and that's an and I've I've attested this to masher before, but what are your guys' thoughts? We can touch on the flyers before we you know call this week a, a quits here. But what, what is your thought with a big chunk of this fan base thinking the Flyers aren't tough enough and that they, that they need to bring in someone else? We've, ad- we've addressed this before. I think, Hoagie, you and I have talked about this. I and mean, Even Ben, we've talked about this in text. The Flyers, they get bragged about by how close of a tight-knit group they are off the ice. But then you see instances where Patrick gets boarded, Oscar Mum gets cross-checked in the neck, and nothing happens. Absolutely nothing. Like you know if that happens and Wayne Simmons is on the team, a man is Someone's getting coming. murdered that email. Yeah. like yeah. Definite murder. And this year it's like, oh, cool. Nothing. Like TK has got that element to his game. Hazy can be physical when he wants to. Scott Lawton. Lawton, you
1: know, yeah.
0: He's the guy <laughs> who you think would be doing it, that stuff this year because you know, he took on Brady and Chuck
1: last year all the time. So yeah. apparently Abe Kubal can fight.
0: Yeah, we watched (laughs) Kubel destroy Leipzig last year when they touched down the Capitals again almost a year ago. But that was a year ago, like last week. Um, So, what are your thoughts about this this Flyers team not being tough enough? And do I mean, you're not going to find a Tom Wilson, you're not going to find a 20s goal scorer who can beat the piss out of anyone. But what's your thought on the Flyers, you know, adding in, looking to get, you know, they're trying to turn Sam Moran into something on offense. Don't think it's going to work. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on it if awesome. they were to bring in a Ryan Reeves
1: yeah, or I a Matt
0: Martin-type player? Would yeah. it help this team?
1: That's tough. I think it
0: would, personally.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think a physical element's always important for the game of hockey. Obviously, the game's changing and whatnot. But I think with uh, teams going for default to skill, uh, I don't know how many teams are really looking to just pick up a scrapper. I don't think there's too many guys, really, too many GMs, too many teams that are really looking to to add just a, a an enforcer. I think it's absolutely important. They talked about it in various other podcasts about how uh, that almost at times makes the game safer because it polices itself. Guys are watching how they're hitting because they know that there's someone around the corner that if they do something wrong, they're going to get pummeled. So it almost has that self-policing that would be nice to kind of keep around, but it is kind of hard when the game is just changing to such a wonderful skill-based game. But I, I still think there is a little bit of a grit that we're missing in there. It's tough to figure out who we can get that way where it wouldn't be too much of a giveaway on a skill aspect, though.
0: I mean, we saw it happen last year. Like, if just the fact of if just. If Hayes, and if Lawton, and TK, and NAK can... Like, NAK, you start to see at these past couple games come out of them again. Like, he did fight in that Capitals game. He
1: fought game. Boston. Yeah, yeah, B- Capitals. Boston. Uh, no, he had the Boston. big hit
0: in the... It was Boston he fought? He, he fought in Boston. Yeah. I know he had that big hit against in, in the Boston game, but even in that Capitals game Sunday, he was being, you know, he was ferocious in the forecheck, making big hits, being physical. I just feel like... They might not need to bring in that extra player. Now, while adding Ryan Reeves, I think would be fantastic because you throw him on the fourth line, that's, you know, that's awesome. You know, you bring in that type of toughness because he can play. But more importantly, he's a brawler. Um, But if you can just get TK and Lawton have that spark, that bite back in their game, I think that that especially might help TK get going. But that's something the Flyers see that element back in those players because – it's something that's missing, and I think that's a crucial, crucial reason as to why they've lost a couple of games, especially in the way they've been handled. The Islanders, you know, even though the Flyers beat the Islanders, the Islanders do whatever their style of play is. We play the trap, and we commit penalties, and the refs don't call it because we're sneaking about mm-hmm. it, and we know the Flyers won't do anything about it.
2: Yeah, I no, I completely agree. I think there's, there's definitely a missing piece to this puzzle. I would absolutely love a Tom Wilson type of player who is just absolutely a monster on the puck and is just, he's everywhere on the ice. I, in the first period on, in Sunday's game, in one shift alone, I saw him attempt three hits on on three different flyers touching the puck and get at least one to two shots on that on in the same shift. He had what three f- points that game, too. Yeah, exactly. And he's putting the what puck he- in the.
0: He He's plays with Obi and Backstrom. Yeah, that's
2: that's a little <laughs> bit of, of a helper, but still, you don't we don't have a player like that that is looking to make a hit and look and still scoring goals and getting assists. Like, yeah, that fourth line has been phenomenal this year with Knack, Bunny, and Roffel. Um, Roffel. R- yeah, yeah, but like their forechecks good. That's about it. They they just. They put a guy into the boards, they keep him there, wait for the second guy to come in, scoop that puck, and then, boom, there's a goal. That's not Tom Wilson type of play. Tom Wilson, he's skating looking for a hit. Like, I saw, I saw him go after Oscar Limbaum and he was, like, probably 10, 15 feet away. away and literally all he did was just lean into him and just gave him a little bit of a shoulder. Didn't destroy him, nothing. Just leaned into him and there goes the puck going the other way into the fire zone. We need somebody like that. And it's kind of frustrating because I, I really
0: miss Wayne Simmons on this team. <laughs> well, that also leads me to this, this question. This is, I think, where we'll end it. Wayne Simmons, if he can come back and he finishes his season healthy, and if he doesn't re-sign with Toronto, do you bring him back to Philly on another one-year contract?
2: It's got It's got to be like a...
0: Like two small, million, million, and, two friendly bucks, max.
2: million one one and a half. Million to <laughs> one and a half million. One year contract. He's playing third to fourth line minutes. That's all he's playing. Power yeah. play. Put him in put him in on front put him in front of the net on the second power play, you're set.
0: Yeah. yeah I can live with that. I can live with that. <laughs> That's but, what um, I that. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think that's gonna be a, a wrap up for this evening. Of course, Ben, thank you for coming on. Excellent to have you on. Thanks for having I think you boys. Uh, your nerves beforehand are were not needed. You did an excellent <laughs> job there, good buddy. I think you're welcome back on any time. And Hoagie, of course, thank you as always for coming on. Uh, Hoagie, if you want you get, Ben, if you even want to to give 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 yourselves proper plugs here. Especially Hoagie for our good friends at Pod Street Bullies here.
1: Ben, go ahead first. I deleted Twitter. You can follow me if you want, but I will not be active. I have Instagram, Weevy12. That's all I got. There you go. <laughs> uh, I am on Twitter at
2: Uh P-O-D-S-T-Hogs. Uh, uh, you can find me at podstreetboys.com. I'm a writer-contributor, uh, also recently promoted to lead writer for the Podstreet Boys. Um you can find Dave's work as well there with the Five Minute Major uh, podcast and Matt. Lucky to have you guys join the join ranks. We're gonna be the number one Flyers uh, Flyers information for everybody. I'm excited for you guys to be on.
0: That's definitely the goal. We are very excited. So, but with that, um, of course, I and Masher will, will be back next week. So, thank you to everyone for your continued listens. Again, boys, thank you again for coming on. And uh, with that, hopefully. We'll see some Flyers action back on the ice soon, and hopefully they well get well rested, and no one gets COVID any more than they already do because it is, well, it's it's not good. But with that, um, good night, good hockey, let's go Flyers,
2: let's go Flyers.